We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Pizzopia, and joining me today for today's Friday slate of games is John McKechnie. John, what's happening, man? Did you enjoy May the 4th? Did you, uh, did you get your Star Wars on or what? <laughs> I'm actually not, not a huge Star Wars guy at the, at the risk of, you know, losing all of our listeners. Uh, don't make the nerds angry, John. <laughs> do that. I, I've shaken the beehive. <laughs> that's all right you're you're forgiven that's fine we have to move on from that and my suggestions to you is to change that and change it fast uh but we're looking here on friday slate here already weather problem last night uh weather could be an issue today already on the east coast we know it is uh, new york philadelphia this region certainly getting blasted right now we'll see how it uh pans yep. out as of right now as of recording this no cancellations yet but certainly some that might be potentially on the board. But let's start with some of the uh, the things that we know for sure. Let's start with the pitchers. We'll go all the way to the top of the board. Dallas Keiko has been outstanding. Uh, he and you, Darvish, lead the charge along with Steven Strasburg as the three big cash game pitchers. Strasburg at Philadelphia, so weather could be in play there. Texas at Seattle, no issues. Also no issues for Dallas Keuchel in Los Angeles, obviously. It never rains there. So between these three guys, which way would you go for cash game? Not too much separating them, only a couple hundred dollars between them. So between Keuchel, Darvish, Strasburg, where would you go with the one pitcher? It's really tough to, to go away from Keuchel right now, the way he's been pitching. You know, it's it's he's back to his 2015 form, it seems like. It, you know, he's making, with each start, it looks like, 2016 is more and more of an aberration, more than a sign of things to come. So he's been just dominant, and I always love using a pitcher against the Angels. I think that's always, uh, you know, a good idea, especially in cash game purposes. Um, but, you know, if the weather does hold in Philly, um, I, I think that Strasburg would be my pick among these three. I think, you know, he's pretty much a lock to get you, you know, those seven innings, quality start points, um, plus a bunch of strikeouts against that lineup. 
I think that uh, he would probably be my favorite of that bunch. But again, you're gonna, you're really gonna have to watch out for the weather in that one. Well, the positive is that if they do play, obviously some of the weather will shy some people off ownership percentage. So if he does have a good game, that could be a, a huge separator for you. And I know it doesn't seem like much, but on a night where you've got Arizona playing in Colorado and you're going to want a lot of shares of that, just the $300 savings there, that's one more big bat that you can spend that on. All right, let's go a little bit lower down the list. We got two guys going against each other, and I think both are in play tonight. We got Chris Archer going uh, at home against the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that's been struggling. But Liriano in that one, equally, you know, a good game, bad game. Reminds me a lot of Archer. We have the big strikeout potential with sure. both of them. Uh, so between Archer and Liriano, is there a way that you favor? You got a thousand dollar, or actually twelve hundred dollar difference between the two. Archer at ninety six hundred, uh, Liriano at eighty four. Is there a contrarian love a little bit to going with Liriano in the GPP tonight because of the matchup against Archer? But we all know Tampa does have a lineup with a lot of strikeouts in it. Right, yeah, Tampa Bay does have that that lineup that is just loaded with Ks there. But um, I feel like you're just driving the Liriano train. I feel like a few of our friendly pods, we we, uh, we always end up talking about Liriano a ton. And I feel like, uh, you know, most of the time it's worked out. And I think that, you know, with that twelve hundred dollars in savings factored in, you know, and we got a left-handed pitcher. I think Tampa Bay definitely has high strikeout potential against a lefty like him. Um, I, I would give the lean to, towards Liriano. You know, obviously it's it's tough to go away from Archer, um, but I think that you know, price-wise, especially on a night where you where you're going to want to load up on bats, I, I do give the lean to Liriano here. Now, look, this next question I understand is a loaded one. And uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm scared. How bad San Diego has been. Is this the night for Kenta Maeda to turn it around? Still no. <laughs> okay. Still no. <laughs> I, I figured it was, and I figured it's still, you know, you know smart money is probably the thing. Don't, don't do that. But, it, it, I mean, that's how bad they've been. They've been bad enough that I think it, it bared at least asking the question. I don't disagree sure. with you. But we'll put that out there. Some wins going to be a factor in Chicago. That's something to keep in mind for this game between the Cubs and the Yankees. Also, uh, that's at two twenty this afternoon. So when the wind's blowing out at Wrigley, offense, offense, offense. So be very hesitant about starting those two. Is there anybody else on this slate because we've got the big time, you know, bats available in Colorado because Cincinnati's in play also potentially, depending on how the weather goes in that one. Is there a lesser pitcher here on this slate for GPP wise? I mean. Can you stomach going all the way down to the bottom with Montero and hoping for a quality start against Miami? Although that's another potentially rain play game. I think, you know, and this, this sounds just completely off the wall here, but are we looking at a potential Miguel Gonzalez revenge game? Oh, the narrative of Miguel Gonzalez. Well, you don't hear that one enough. <laughs> you know, that's a complete, you know, tournament flyer, but, uh, and he obviously uh, got pretty lit his life. Last time out, 14 hits, holy smokes. But, um, you know, before that, he had been, you know, pretty routinely over 40 FanDuel points. Uh, And that Orioles lineup, uh, that one I know has a ton of strikeouts in it. So uh, I'm going to be in the house, which I think already curses the Orioles. Um, So I think that Gonzalez, you know, he could be in play. I'm not, like, you know, completely banging the gong saying that he's he's a guy you got to go for here. But, uh, you know. In this situation, 
might be worth a flyer. All right, well, let's talk about you cursing everybody and being in the house tonight at tonight's game. What about Wade Miley? What about the other end of that one? Can you get excited about Wade Miley? I know he scares the hell out of me. I know I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop, but this is DFS. This is not season long where, you know, some of the negatives might hurt me. If he can somehow soldier through and keep this streak, I think he's got three of the last four starts have been quality starts, and that's good enough at 8,200 where he's going to go four times value with that. And that's, that's huge on a night like tonight for 8,200. No, absolutely. I, I really, you know, I didn't want to like, you know, lead off by, by saying that I think Miley would be one of my, one of my uh, GPP considerations. Uh, but I really think that, that he does make sense tonight. You know, he's a, he's a left-hander and he seems to have kind of settled down at his, uh, you know, his, his command, his location has been so much better this year than it, than it has in years past. He really seems to have settled down, settled back to, you know, sort of the pitcher that we all thought he could be a few years ago. So uh, that helps. And then that White Sox lineup in general, you know, obviously they got to Ian Kennedy uh, yesterday, but I, I really don't feel like on, on a day-to-day basis that that White Sox lineup really has anything scary, at least until Mankata comes up. So uh, I think Miley, even even though it is going to be it, at Cannon Yards, I think he, he would be another guy worth considering on the other side of that matchup. Oh, it's good that you don't lead with Wade Miley. I think that was very bright of you because when you lead with Wade Miley, everyone just immediately turns off the show. <laughs> I think that's, that's just how it is. All right. Now, yeah, blame him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, he's set right now uh, in theory to, to come back and let's go over to catcher. And that's Gary Sanchez. Uh, is there any way 3,100, if he is active in today's lineup that, you want to throw him in there and start get on that Gary Sanchez wagon or at 3,100, is he still a little cost prohibitive right now because you got Colorado, Cincinnati, some of these, you know, big time salaried bats in play. I don't think it's the, the salary so much for Sanchez as it is. Uh, frankly, he was terrible to, to start the season before he went on the disabled list uh, with that biceps injury. And, you know, it's really hard to just uh, bet on him going out there and hitting value immediately in his first game back from that. It, it just, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, so I think at catcher, I'm definitely going to go uh, cheaper down the line there. I, you know, you obviously love Gary Sanchez's upside and you know that he, you know, once he's back to being a hundred percent, he can certainly be a lock to click, but I just, uh, today I'm just, I'm just not even going to bother with it. All right. Let's talk about Jet Bandy at 2,900. This is a guy so far first month been, pretty solid you know i think with catcher we always say this we're trying to have guys not kill you but bandy's had a you know the last week or so some definitive 21 point games here he's he's had moments he does have a little bit of power as well i think that's a guy that's in play today uh as always i think jt real muto is always in play because that's a guy that puts the bat on the ball i like that as well what about the other end of that uh, cubs yankees game with wilson Contreras against pineda now i know pineda's been really good but uh, if he is in the lineup, which he should be today because he was out on Thursday uh, against Pineda, w- would you throw him out there, or have you really not seen enough from him this year to get excited about Contreras in the daily world? It, it, yeah, for the da- for daily purposes, Contreras has been uh, one of my biggest frustrations. I always feel like I, I end up using him, and you know, for every time that he, he goes yard or you know that, that time he hit the grand slam, there's just uh, just goose egg after goose egg. It feels like so. Uh, I've, off of Contreras, and, and you also is, are going to have to play that all-day slate in order to get him into your lineup to begin with. Um, so I'm probably 
uh, shying away from from uh, both the catching options in that Cubs Yankees game. All right, I'll give you my favorite cheap catcher today. It's twenty five hundred dollar Francisco Cervelli, another guy that just puts the bat on the ball. Uh, you know, yeah, he's a single hitter, doesn't have much power, but he's been scoring runs. He walks. He just kind of fills the stat sheet. And, you know, if he continues to do that, we're talking around double digit points at the minimum. And I think that's a, a reasonable expectation for him today, especially going against sure. Jimmy Nelson. How about you? Is there a cost efficient catcher you like today? Uh, I'm still I'm still just uh, ringing the bell for Lucroy. Like, uh, it's going to yeah, happen. Me to too. <laughs> I hear you, dude. I'm, I'm with believe, you. I'm you know, vice president of that fan club with you. And, and, you know, going up against Gallardo, I think that that's never uh, a bad thing. Uh, per se, so I think that Lucroy, um, he's still he's still been struggling a little bit. I know he went yard earlier in the week, um, but he's you know he's got the he's he's raised his average about twenty points over the last few games or so. Um, he's just it's gonna happen at some point. I I just don't see why uh, tonight wouldn't be the night. You know, twenty seven hundred. He's he's the quality player. Uh, that you feel like you're still getting a bargain with, even with uh, the production being down relative to his general expectations. All right, let's go over to first base. You got top of the board for 5,200, Paul Goldschmidt. That's a huge salary. I know it's Colorado. I get it. But my goodness, that's a huge salary, especially when you get for $1,000 less, you can get Joey Votto at home against the righty. Uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, I got to save the $1,000. I mean, I I love you, Paul Goldschmidt. No offense to you. And, And you know, even Freddie Freeman at 45, if you want to go big-time first baseman, I can understand that. But I, I keep getting down there to Joey Votto, and I keep looking at him, and I'm saying, well, that's the spot to go to. Uh, Eric Thames at 4,000. Uh, who else do you right now pops for the first baseboard in terms of matchup and in terms of ballpark factor for you? Um, I think Will Myers might be one of those guys that uh, he's kind of low-owned because of uh, – because of kind of who else is in that tier along alongside of him. But, you know, it kind of goes back to our thoughts on Kent Maeda from earlier. I think that Myers is, a, is certainly a guy that, you know, for how gross the Padres offense is, Myers is one of those guys that, that is a, a, you know, a constant. He's a guy that's always producing, uh, especially recently. So I, I think that Myers, if I'm going on the expensive end of this, uh, would be a guy I'd consider. Um, but, you know, I think Edwin Encarnacion, too, I think that he's another guy sort of along that Lucroy line of thinking where you're just kind of waiting for that, for, you know, uh, his talent to really catch up to to his production. I think he's a guy at 3100 It just feels like a very cheap uh, price tag for a guy like Edwin that can, you know, easily knock out two bombs. And now, is Edwin, here's a question for you. Is Edwin a good cash game play right now because of his salary or a better GPP play because of the ownership percentage? Hmm, that, that is an interesting question. I well, think. that's why I get the big bucks around here. That's that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're you're in mind. <laughs> um, so I think, I think. Hmm. I, I mean, I you could say both. You could say he's versatile in both. I mean, there's no reason to say that you can't put him in there. But uh, but I'm looking at. I'm saying, okay, he hasn't performed yet. I agree with you 100. percent Just like Lucroy, he's on that same exact spot where the price has fallen so far below what his talent level is. It's a matter of time. But right now, are you worried about the floor of him? Uh, I mean, it's 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 certainly from a GPP standpoint, it's one of those all or nothing plays. I understand at yes. this point, but is is that, I mean that's potentially a very good thing because if he does go off now, all of a sudden that's a huge separator and a huge savings. You get like two for one, right? And, and you know, it, it it really is hard to take on that that risk of the of the just 
absolutely bottomed out floor uh, from your first base position. That's a position where generally I think both of us kind of lean towards paying up towards one of the, you know, upper tier options and and not really thinking about anyone that's, you know, 3,500 or less from the first base spot. So you are taking on a a considerable amount of risk uh, based on how he's been playing uh, if you want to use him. But, you know, as, as you know, kind of what we're leaning on here, we know that he can, that he is due to break out at some point here. So I think that uh, in this case for GPP, I think he's definitely worth the consideration. All right, let's go over to the other corner. You got uh, Jake Lamb uh, over in Colorado, 46, Arenado at 48. I'll tell you what, for the 200 hours less, give me Lamb against the righty. I think I'll take that savings and I'll run with it. Yeah. Uh, Lamb's got 23 RBIs on the season so far. He's been spectacular. I love this matchup for him. Uh, continuing down on the third base line as we look at some of the other high-priced guys on the board. you got Chris Bryant against Pineda. Jose Ramirez has been incredibly steady. Sano at 4000 as well. So the upper tier at third base, very strong in cash games. But let's go past that because that's kind of easy to figure out. Manny Machado at 35 still holding strong. Uh, there, there's another one where this guy's been on a tear. The salary's starting to come back up. You saw it even below the 36 this week. Uh, he's Got a good matchup. Uh, can you get behind Machado and save maybe another six, seven hundred dollars potentially today? Absolutely. I've watched you know every bat of his this every at bat of his uh, this week, and I I can't believe that he's at thirty six hundred right now, uh, given the way that he's swinging the bat. You know, he, he clocked one uh, last night and took uh, I, t- I timed it around two minutes to to uh, round the bases. He really took his sweet time. <laughs> You know, and he wonders why people don't like him. I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, why are you guys throwing at me? What's wrong? T- totally beyond me. I have no idea. Hey, but, guys, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleasant. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a smidge obnoxious. I get it. But, um, you know, 3,600 against Miguel Gonzalez, you got to be kidding me. I think that, you know, that screams, uh, you know, high ownership. But at the yeah. same time, like, I think he's going to – he's absolutely uh, due to connect uh, this evening. So I, I would be shocked if he if – he, you know, does anything under double digits there. Uh, like Nick Castellanos as well. Uh, he's a guy that is never particularly highly owned. It's not, you know, a, a real flashy name, but he, he's, he's been at the top, near the top of the leaderboard as far as hard hit percentage all season long. Um, so he's a guy that, that's definitely barreling up the ball. Uh, you got to like that. Even though it's in Oakland, which isn't particularly favorable for home runs, you don't really need home runs from Castellanos. And he's a guy that, you know, he can lash a double or two and then hit value for you. And then uh, Joey Gallo um, going against Gallardo. I think he makes plenty of sense at just 3,300. Yeah. Just, I mean, like just the most absurd power outside of Aaron. Well, he's the all or nothing play, but when he's all, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a terrific spot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a thing. And don't worry about the ballpark factor at all, please, for nope. the love of God, because Joey Gallo home runs go out in Yellowstone park, as they like to say, what about Rendon at 29 too? Is that that last guy too, that, uh, with the way that lineup's been playing in Philadelphia against Nick Pavetta, I look at Rendon being another guy that yeah, you can make the case for. I'm not expecting the 99 point out from last weekend, but you know, uh, certainly another guy you can make a case for. Our, uh, let's get over to the middle infield right now. Uh, we'll start with the shortstops. Obviously, you've got the high price guys, as you would imagine, uh, on this board. Now, shortstops a little bit trickier. You got Chris Owings, who's been terrific Trey Turner same thing Lindor Segura all of those guys around 3,900 and up all of the four of these guys you like Turner in Philadelphia you like Owings at Colorado where would you go because frankly once you get down past Xander Bogarts uh, I'm once again in this weird spot where 
I'm not confident in any of these guys down there to return value. I mean, Addison Russell is probably the one guy at right. 3K I'd still, you know, be confident in. But outside of that, it gets real tough. So let's go to the top. Between these guys on the big board at the very high-end level, who do you like between Owings, Turner, Lindor? And you could even throw Segura and Correa in there too, both of them as well. I think cost-efficient still, even though they're around 4K. I, it just—it's really hard for me to justify paying forty-two hundred for a guy like Chris Owings. Like it, you know, as as good as he's been, and un, understandably, he gets the the core's salary bump. That's a classic. But um, I just think that Trey Turner—the the idea of getting Trey Turner for cheaper than Chris Owings—is—is is, you know, it's messing with my entire day. <laughs> So I, I, I got to give I got to give the lean to Turner here. I, obviously, I love uh, Lindor as well, but I think Turner that matchup plus just the, the way the Nationals lineup is clicking right now is just you know so, something just completely on another level from from most other major league teams. So I got to I got to give the lean to Turner here. All right now, speaking of the Nationals, you got Daniel Murphy at second base at forty one hundred. Another great play, uh, Altuve, Dozier. All these guys are always in play. Let's take these three, the big three tonight. Is it Murphy in Philadelphia? Weather holding, obviously. Is it Altuve in his matchup? Uh, it is against the righty, but still, it's Jose Altuve. Uh, I remember how everyone was panicked because he didn't have a home run for a couple weeks. <laughs> nobody's nobody's panicked anymore, obviously. And Dozier as well. Look, between Dozier, Altuve, Murphy, you can argue, you know, outside of Al- Altuve's blazing speed, that these guys are just going to put up points every time and return on investment. So is there one that you prefer to the others? I think I like Dozier against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. I think that, you know, Dozier's a guy that um, I think some people will be a little bit sticker shocked at the price uh, here. You know, you're seeing him at the top of the second baseboard here. But at the same time, you, you go back and you, you look at his numbers, you look at his production from throughout the year. And not only has he been driving in runs uh, and hitting extra base hits, but he sneakily is pretty good base runner. He's like a pretty good base stealer. So he, there is that potential for him to, you know, once he lashes a single or something, uh, he goes ahead and, and you know, nabs you the, the six extra points on a steal there. And I, I just don't think that Rodriguez, even though a lefty, you know, that sort of limits uh, some of the stolen base upside. I still think that Dozier uh, draws a good enough matchup here to where he's, I think he's worth it at 4,200. All right. Now the one guy at 36, I'm telling you, is a huge trap today, everyone. Starling Castro, uh, his road numbers last year were dreadful. Road numbers this year are dreadful. The OPS, the batting average on the road, we're talking hundreds of points less than in Yankee Stadium. So he's just an absolute no-go. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care what the Yankees have been doing. It's a no-go for Starling Castro on the road. I'm going to throw one more guy into this pile here of the Lucroy Encarnacion group. Rognet Odor, 3,000. I mean, is this another guy where we keep waiting for him to turn it around and, you know, the power, the the opportunity here at 3,000, that's awful cheap for a 30-home run guy from just last year. Are, are we buying here with him? Or, you know, is Gallardo the guy that gets him there? I mean, it's another great matchup for him. Coming off a good game, too, where he did hit a home run yesterday, I kind of want to parlay that and hope for a hot streak. How about you? I, I like that a lot. You know, I really, I never need a whole lot of convincing from a guy that, that almost knocked out Jose Bautista. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Odor guy. And I think that Gallardo, uh, I've seen enough of him to where I, I know that he's a guy that, that can definitely uh, give up the long ball, even in Seattle. So I think Odor, you know, that, just like Luke Roy, that you know, this matchup could be the antidote to, to that just, awful start to the season here. So I, th- I think that Odor at 3,000, it might be a trap. 
I understand that, but uh, boy, it's it's really hard to to stay off of him at three thousand. I also kind of like Pedroia a little bit at twenty nine hundred. You know, uh, his production has been great. He just hit his first home run of the season uh, last night. But going to Minnesota, you know, kind of being the table setter of that lineup, um, I, I more just like the team context here. I like I like the probability of Boston probably putting up a ton of runs. And I think Pedroia is a guy that they can definitely just get a, get himself on base a few times, and that that should be enough to you know come around and you, you get plenty of runs uh, off of that. So twenty nine hundred, I think that Pedroia would be in consideration. He's not generally in consideration for me, but uh, that's a very low price for a guy that, that's you know hitting in the top third of that Boston lineup. I think they're begging for a lineup tonight where you can put Odor, Luke Croy, and Carnacion together, and then just see what happens. If you play multiple lineups, you might want to throw that out. All right, baseball is here. Don't get stranded out on first base without a Rotowire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So go to fanduel.com slash Rotowire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's fanduel.com slash Rotowire. All right, on to the outfield where we know uh, we're going to have to pay a lot. Uh, one thing to note, Mike Trout's been dealing with a leg issue there, so uh, if you're keen on him, might be wise to kind of stay away. He's dealing with the hamstring. Bryce Harper's dealing with a groin issue. So it really leaves us there with Charlie Blackman, I think, is the top of the outfield board, although Pollock is at 49, $400 more than him. I don't think I could quite get there. But yeah. I, I always say this all year, you know, if, if Charlie Blackman is, especially in Colorado, as good of, if not a better DFS play than Mike Trout because of the skill set, because everything he does. You buy in that too, and you buy in his money. Tomas right after him at 43. Uh, I am I'm in, I am in on Blackman completely, but boy, the uh, the price bump on Tomas is is, is a big is one much for me. So uh, off of him, but I completely agree with you know everything you're saying about Blackman, uh, especially considering the the sort of uh, dinged up nature of your guys like your Harpers and your Trouts. I think Blackman definitely is would be uh, the best outfield play on the board this evening. All right, Aaron Judge, it hasn't stopped yet. So wind blowing out in uh, Chicago in the day game. Are you are you intrigued? You going to keep this uh, the dice rolling here? Hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, just the most absurd power I, I maybe have ever seen. Like uh, I just, I've I've been using him in my lineups all week. You know, start dating back to last week. You know, I. I always psyched myself out. I had him for a couple nights in a row, and I got, I got to get him out of here because it's got to be a tank game coming up, and, I, and I'm still waiting. I haven't really seen him. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and like you said, you know, we get the, we get the Wrigley Field uh, day game with the wind blowing out, um, and obviously park factor is never really like a, a thing for guys like him or Gallo. So, uh, yeah, Judge, uh, yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay up for that sort of upside every single time. I'll, I'll, you, know, he, you know, I'll take the goose egg, uh, once in a while, just because, you know, he can give you those 40-point games. More One more expensive guy at 4,100. Ian Desmond playing his, uh, you know, return this week. Obviously, his first spot back to Colorado. He had two home runs the other day against San Diego. Another guy with power and speed. I actually think 41 is a very reasonable price. Almost almost sneaky, in a sense, because he's kind of in that border. He's not quite on the elite level. But, you know, you like the Confortos and some of the other guys that are underneath it, the, you know, the – 39 group and stuff like that but you think uh you think Desmond's gonna get enough ownership today or you think maybe he doesn't isn't getting enough love that he maybe deserves boy it's really tough for me to tell um as far as Desmond is concerned you know obviously that game is one that you're gonna want to load up on and you know he's gonna be hitting in a relatively prime spot 
of that order. So you're getting him at just 4,100. Um, but it, it's hard for me to justify like going Desmond over a guy like, like Mookie Betts, even in, you know, even though he's playing out at target field or uh, 4,000 for Michael Conforto, even for how, for how good Conforto has been. Um, that seems like a, like a pretty steep price tag, you know, when he's, you know, more expensive than a guy like Giancarlo Stanton. So I think we're seeing like some, some real stars that are, that are sort of, uh, being buried price-wise uh, this evening, you know, but behind guys like Desmond or Conforto. So I like, I'd prefer to go like the, the tried and true Stanton or Betts this evening over, over some of those more risky guys, even, even though uh, the course field factor is in play. Now, Carlos Gonzalez came out yesterday, so there's a good chance that he's not going to play today, I would imagine. So if that means that Reynolds plays or Desmond goes to the outfield or if Parra plays the outfield and Desmond plays first, whatever that combination is, however that works out, keep an eye on that. That might be some power out bats you can get in there on the cheap end. How about George Springer, 36? This is another guy, top of the order, certainly a volume guy. I've been saying this all week. I feel like price-wise, he's a little undervalued all of a sudden. He's gone down to 3,600. Why is that? Yeah, he was, he was really tearing the cover off the ball earlier earlier in the season. Like, it, you know, there was, a, there was a week or two stretch where he was, you know, like the hottest hitter in baseball. Um, obviously, yesterday he sort of had, had a bit of a bounce back. Um, he hasn't scored less than nine and a half points uh, pretty much all week here. Um, went hit, Had a double, two ribs uh, yesterday. So I, I think that he's a guy that at 3,600, that just, that just is, is a very low price for a guy of his talent that, you know, is in it. You know, he sets the table for one of the more loaded lineups in all of baseball. I, mean, I think we're we're all still kind of waiting on Houston to really start uh, clicking as far as the offense is concerned here. Um, but I think that Springer definitely would be a guy to uh, worth considering here at thirty at six hundred, and you can definitely uh, parlay that into a stack with a few different guys from that from that lineup. And I think it'll pay off really well uh, this evening. You know, considering they're going against the Angels. All right, now obviously got Bronson Arroyo against Matt Cain in Cincinnati. That's going to be one where I think there's, you know, if you want to go off of Colorado altogether, that's the one to go to. Uh, Hunter Pence swinging a better bat lately. Adam Duvall, Votto, all those guys in the middle of these orders. Those are the ones you want to uh, start to look at. Is there anybody else in the outfield before we sign off that you got your eye on today, John? Um, let's see here. Um, it, it's it's going to be hard for me to go anywhere other than like you know that that sort of. 34, 3,500 and above here. I, I mean, because you got guys like Trumbo sitting at 32 right now. We like, do that's have the one guys that like Trumbo, but I've seen how he's been swinging the bat, and it does not look particularly pretty. Even against Miguel Gonzalez, I'd probably uh, lean off of Trumbo. I, I would go to Adam Jones, though, at 3,000, uh, you know, even even uh, less expensive there. And, you know, obviously that Miguel Gonzalez matchup. For as much as I was hyping it at the top of the show, I, th- I think in reality, you know, uh, I think the Orioles scratched some runs across against him. And Cody Bellinger also, he's still uh, under 3,000. He's been one of my favorite under 3,000 plays all week. He's really starting to click. Uh, he's, I think it's a no-brainer that he should uh, be able to stick at this level. And then uh, DeShields as well. DeShields is a guy that, that I still don't understand how, how he's priced at 2,800. So I think you know throughout this show, I've kind of convinced myself of doing a massive Rangers stack. 
uh, today. And I think the Shields will be part of that. And that's why we do this. We like to talk things out together, and then we come to a nice consensus. And I'll tell you what, uh, you, uh, Doug Thorburn, Todd Zola, I like to say myself as well, I think we've done a pretty good job in the month of April, and I think we're going to carry this on through May and the rest of the season. We're doing a heck of a job here getting everybody prepared on this podcast. Uh, you know, it, it, I think it's the it's the debate about the knowledge of these players and, you know, us liking different guys sometimes making those arguments and then arming everybody out there to then go and play and make their own decisions. I always say this is about not telling people who to play. It's about telling people how to go about yes. playing. Don't want to rob people of the experience because that's where the fun is. All right. He's Johnny McKechnie. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe PZP is 17 for everybody here at Rotowire. Have a great night of daily fantasy.